not extraordinary. Get out of the domesticatedness. Get out of your rut. Get out of the depression that you're in. Get out and believe that God, when you gave your life to the Lord, that He had an extraordinary life for you, for your life. It becomes a lifestyle, in fact. Who's into that? And so this will really rock your world. If you get a hold of this and get this revelation, this can really bless your world and tip your world on its ear a little bit. And in every day that you have, you find yourself with opportunity. You find yourself with opportunity for God to flow through you and touch a broken person or speak a word. Because God is moving all the time. He's moving all the time. You're finally back, Cameron. You finally come down from the skies uh, and uh, you're finally back. Give Cameron, and I think it's uh, Sarah, and uh, from Ballina, they've just joined us. He works for Virgin Flying Planes around in the state and stuff. And uh, give these guys a hand. They've joined the church. God bless them. And uh, they're good people. And uh, so, how are you going to run the men's ministry next year by having... You know, five, six, seven days. Uh, but that's, that's yeah, anyway. Well, God will work that out, won't he? Praise God. I want you to hear last week's message. Last week's message. Good news, guys. Um, there are ministries across the face of the earth that are moving in the supernatural. And one of them is Bill Johnson. And I got some updates. Um, I got some newsworthy updates. And they would go like this. Everyone knows Bill Johnson's ministry, don't they? And... His Bible college students actually go out into the malls, they go out into the streets, and they actually perform the Word of God, meaning that they approach people and they ask to pray for people in wheelchairs, in car parks, and they see results. They see results. I don't know why it happens more so with them. There is a high percentage of God breaking out through their... I know why it is, and... It's definitely because the ministry is so based on, you know, the integrity of, of God through the Word, by the Spirit. And of because of that, God's face smiles on that ministry and God smiles upon the music of Jesus' culture because Jesus' culture comes from that ministry. Do you know what I'm saying? And you can feel it. You know, I saw there's Jesus' culture in person. There's people out of that band. I saw them live and, man, they were scary, scary holy. They, they, they're, they're separated from this culture. They, they shine. They have holiness. You can see the righteousness shining through them. It's awesome. They are young people. Please, lay your hands on me right now. And I had the opportunity for them to lay hands on me at a conference in Sydney. And man, and just the purity of their ministry is phenomenal. I think this is where we're going. I think this is where we're going. We must get so integral with God to see the signs and wonders and see the miraculous break out. Who's, who's, am I speaking to someone this morning? I, I think God's waiting for us to come out of the culture, come away from, come out of the, the fridge and the TV set and, and look to God with all sincerity and honestly and say, God, use me, flow through me, help me lay hands on my sick friend. Help me now, God. And I think if he sees that consecration, as it says in the book of Joshua, consecrate yourself today and God will do mighty exploits. Do you know what I'm saying? I think we're on the verge. I think we're at a crossroads right now for the Western church to see God break out in our midst. In fact, through the prayer meetings this week, I honestly believe 
that this church is getting primed to experience its most wonderful days of miracles and breakthroughs and deliverance and people baptized in the Holy Ghost. These two um, news items go like this. We received news, and I love these. It's so news items. Are so, this is another thing about this ministry. You know, they're very integral with what they say, and you'll hear that through this. We received news from, this is his newsletter, by the way, which you can subscribe to, and I uh, subscribe to it through Facebook, and, and you get a monthly update of how God's moving. We received news uh, this month of a progressive healing in Sweden. So they've obviously been in Sweden had a conference and a woman had been in pain for 12 years with sciatic nerve damage that caused numbness in her left leg. She didn't feel the healing take place when she received ministry in the meeting, yet she had faith in the moment that she was healed, that she was healed. It was over the course of the next week, the next week that she began to discover sensitivity in her leg and three toes and that she had no, that she had no feeling for 12 years. She no longer has pain in her lumbar and sciatic nerve and is totally healed. She said, I feel like I've got my life back. Do you know what it means to have a nagging pain 24-7 and then all of a sudden for it to vanish? Who knows that? Put your hand up if you've had that. Praise God. And you go, oh my God, this is living. You so get used to pain and discomfort, don't you? She no longer has pain in her lumbar and sciatic nerve and is totally healed. She said, I feel like I've got my life back. Another woman had severe scolio... Yeah, it's another word, K-Y-P-H-O-S-I-S, as a teenager. What is it? You can actually... Pr- come up here, good buddy. You, you, how do you know about it? Because I've never seen that. I know a lot of Bible terms, but can you just, just speak it in there? I've I've studied massage therapy for three years. That's yeah. How? Um, See? Scoliokyphosis. Scolio- yeah. Scoliokyphosis. Good stuff, mate. See, I'm getting my, the doctor to back me up. She suffered that as a teenager, what he just said. <laughs> the back not only curves from side to side, but it also front to back curves. As a result, her spine was fused from her shoulder blades all the way down to her tailbone. For 29 years, she has been able to bend or twist and has dealt with ongoing pain. She was in a meeting, and Bill Johnson released a word of knowledge for people with fused spines. The woman received prayer and felt her back loosen up. She received prayer a second time and was able to twist with no pain. She has been completely healed, and the people of God say, Amen. Amen. This, is, this is what's happened. God is inspiring the church to believe in the supernatural, but in the miraculous. So this message is part two of a message I tried to preach a couple of months ago, and we got uh, a little bit um, sidelined through some other great stuff. But this is the second part of the message, the extraordinary, the life you meant to live. That song is, is all about this, that when you gave your life to Jesus, you were supposed to come out of your, is it prostitution? Prostration, thank you. I don't want to say prostate, but prostration. Because <laughs> you start to think of it, go, anyway, and, uh, at my age. But anyway, so, you're supposed to come up and into this spirit-filled life. It actually lifts your gaze up and you can see the planet in a whole different sense. You get a perspective of eternity 
with God or without God. And you can see the plight of humanity. I'm really feeling for some nations right now as I begin to look out across the earth. I'm feeling for America, believe it or not. They, 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 in America, the economy is pretty sad and it's not good. And a lot of people are shrinking back in fear. Where there's fear, there's no faith. And so the church is being challenged. I think in Australia, we're still in such a good place, to be honest, amen? And we're not seeing the real, the real calamity of planet Earth. We have this beautiful nation to live in. I think it's time right now, but we're at a crossroads. Heaven, heaven is compelling us to be spirit-filled and baptized in the Holy Ghost, to come out of your, your woes and worries, to be healed, to be set free, to live a life inspired by God, and to begin to attend your church in power, love, and sound mind. Do you know what I'm saying? Power, love, and sound mind. He's challenging, I know he is, he's challenging us right now not to be bored with him, not to be bored with church men. Come with your fighting spirit, come with your warrior spirit, come and help us build the church. We need you men. Yongi Cho says the best men I got are the women. That shouldn't be the case. We should have mighty men in those prayer meetings. We should have mighty men serving our house. In every area of our house. We should. Men should be inspired to come to church and live their best life. Amen. One great guy says, Scripture challenges us to grow deeper in our walk with Jesus. The Spirit opens our eyes to God's passion of getting you away from the ordinary and into the extraordinary. Prepare to be challenged, he says. In these days, another guy says, every human longs to live an extraordinary life. We crave to soar like the mighty eagle. We often accept walking among the chickens as our ultimate fate in life. There is an extraordinary individual that resides in all of us. Who can say amen to that? A life of impact, a life of influence. Another person says, God wants us to grab, grasp the meaning of John 10.10. 10. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The extraordinary message digs into the word to show what it looks like to please God and use the talents he has given us. The Holy Spirit is drawing us to the edge to get us to launch out into the deep. God wants us to live life to the fullest and experience the joy of serving Christ with passion, guys, with passion. Bring some passion to the house. Bring some passion to the reading of the Word of God. Bring some passion to your life that you may stand up and show yourself to a broken world and say, man, I've got Jesus. You want some? You've got to have passion. You can't be dull, Pascal. You've got to have bright colors. You've got to have a smile. You've got to smile. You've got to engage people which I struggle sometimes because I do get sad and I do get a little bit melancholy. But for the sake of Jesus Christ, I step out of myself and I step into this Holy Spirit-inspired man of God. And I present myself to friends and family. Not family all the time. My real family. 
because I can let my guard down a bit. But mostly, I'm on my best behaviour, presenting myself faithful with hope and love in God. Do you know what I'm saying? Am I speaking to someone this morning? There's only way, one way you can do this, but I know this for a fact. John Bevere says, I see a generation comprised of all ages, exclusive of men and women, inclusive of men and women, awakening to the extraordinary qualities hidden within. Yeah, it's talking about another planet. <laughs> awakening to the extraordinary qualities hidden within. The power to accomplish remarkable feats and live an exceptional, exceptional life is not defined by an individual's family, education or occupation. It's a disposition of heart. Say disposition of heart. Unless it's suppressed, there is an innate desire to rise above the norm. I encourage you to step into the unknown, embrace the divine empowerment and live your extraordinary life. This is a great message, guys. This is awesome. A disposition of heart to dream and believe in the church that the church can make a difference. We're going to have, I think, a leadership dream day where we're going to, re, as you said, Luke, and I can't wait for next year because we're going to dream again for next year for this church. You've got to dream. You've got to envision. Without vision, you perish. Without vision, you dwell carelessly. Without vision, you shrivel up. You have no, you have no passion without vision. When you've got vision, you've got, you got some stuff in you. You've got, you got life. You're Augusta. You get up in the morning. You do your stuff. You go to work. Whatever you do, you be. And, and without that vision... Without that vision, without that ability to see what your church is doing, you're not going to give to it. What's my church doing? Hello, help me? Well, we're trying to tell you that all the time. But with vision, you are compelled to give to the church. You're compelled to serve the church. You're compelled to help the church do what it does. Get that vision. Be inspired for next year. Don't let next year just come on you and, and you're just going into the same, with the same mindset. You just won't have the best life. 1 Corinthians 2.9 in the NLT says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. Why don't you give yourself the privilege of, to imagine your best life? <laughs> I couldn't even imagine what God was going to do with my life when I was living on the other side of the tracks, and then God I apprehended my life, and then turned me inside, and inside out and empowered me with the Holy Ghost, man, this life is absolutely surreal to me. My life, I'm saying, Lord, I had no idea. But you gave me salvation and you gave me this ability to see. Verse 10 says, but we know these things. What things? Your life, your better life, your exceptional life, your extraordinary life. We know these things because God has revealed them to us by His Spirit. Capital S. Spirit. What's that? That's the Holy Ghost. You want to know, you want to know what God's got for you in the future? Ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, help me. What am I to do here? Well, what am I up to? Where, where am I going? Why did you do this for me? Why am I here? Why did I come from Victoria, Marty say? Why am I here? What, what, what? Help me. Holy Spirit, why am I at C3 Church Tugra? Why am I on the Central Coast again? Hello? Why, am I, why did I marry her? Hello? I know exactly why. But you, everything gets blurred when you don't have the Holy Spirit illuminating the very intention of God's purpose and plan for your life. Amen? Why do I work here? 
man, you could even, man, you could even get your perspective back, stand on the road, being the lollipop man. I don't care what job you do. But once you let God go, everything becomes boring. Even flying planes, ah, oh, this is boring. No. You know, it shouldn't be like that. Life shouldn't be as boring. When you got off, am I speaking to someone here? But the Holy Spirit, come. Come now. Help me. Ephesians 3, 9, and it says it in the message like this. I love this. My task is to bring out in the open. Get this. Ephesians 3, verse 9 to 10, in the Message Bible. Thank you, Eugene Patterson. (laughs) This is amazing. My task, is. this is about Paul. And Paul is about the one who has his eyes open and by the Spirit has great illumination of what the church is going to be. You know, the great design of the church. And Paul's trying, Paul writes, you know, he writes a lot of the New Testament by trying to share with, it, with us and teach us what God has purposed through his church. The supernatural, the extraordinary purposes and plans of God that God wants to do through the church, Paul wrote about. And he says it like this. My task is to bring out in the open and make plain what God, who created all things in the first place, has been doing in secret and behind the scenes all along. So he's moving. He's, he's moving in your neighbor. He's blessing your street. He's blessing your workmates. He's, he's working behind the scenes. Through followers of Jesus like yourself gathered in churches, this extraordinary plan of God is becoming known and talked about even among the angels. Do you reckon, Katrina, are they, do you reckon those angels, have we done enough? Are we doing enough for angels to talk about us? Man, you've seen those C3 church people down there? They're praying, man. They've got five prayer meetings a week. Yeah, they're, they're doing, man, look, have you, have you, seven, seven prayer meetings. Man, you've seen these guys lately? What do you mean? Come over here. Check these guys out. Wow. Have you seen what they're preaching on now? Have you seen what that youth group's doing? Have you, have you seen the Yars group, what they did? The, I mean, you see those songs they sang and, and, uh, and, and what, they're, what they're believing for? This is amazing, these guys. Are angels talking about our life? Are angels talking about our church? Do you think they are? I hope the church you go to, they're talking about your church. Acts 1.8 says this, and it's so true, that when the church was birthed 2,000 years ago, it was birthed in power. And you know the scripture, Acts 1.8, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Meaning that as a born again believer, you will be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Empowered the Holy Spirit to overcome every obstacle, to endure to withstand and to press in against the resistance. Did you notice the lyric in the song? The resistance, the resistance for you to live your best life. The culture of resistance is on this planet and it's there and you want to and you know you should, but you can't break through. You are trying to live your best life. You're trying to get to church. You're trying to serve at church. You're trying to give and love and worship, but your hands won't go up. Your worship, you know, you want to pray, you want to read your Bible more, but you want to witness to your friend. I mean, take your choice. But there's resistance. Now, listen to me. There's only one thing 
I know of as a key ingredient for the Spirit-filled church, which we subscribe to as a movement of God worldwide. We're a Spirit-filled, typically called a Pentecostal church. And this is this, that it's the Holy Spirit empowerment in our life. To subscribe to that, to believe in that. So when you're standing there this morning in worship, that is a perfect opportunity to say, Lord, now you're feeling a bit downcast. I know you've had a hard week and things aren't right out there, but you come to church, praise God. Well, that's it. Yeah, that's one of the biggest victories ever. You're, now you're here. Why don't you go for the extra? Why don't you go for the upsize version and in worship ask for the Holy Spirit to fill you and empower you? Because I'm telling you, you're going to struggle to worship. You're going to struggle to hear this message. You're going to struggle to be in the house if you don't have the Holy Spirit illuminating why even you're here. Why, God? Help me. Why? Once you... So I, I, I've had it a practice and I teach people to do this. When you get into that meeting, I don't care if it's one organ and it's some old hymns and stuff and praise God. You, you get there and you do your best to access God by faith. And you lift your hands or you do whatever you do and you say, God, Holy Spirit, fill me right now. Anoint me. Billy Graham's wife says, I know one thing. I've lived a long life. And she says, I know this key thing. We must be filled with the Holy Spirit. We must be filled with the Holy Spirit. What does that tell us? Every day, I'm sure, like a shower, man. We should be having the infilling of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but I have a shower every day and sometimes two. Holy Spirit, fill me in the morning. Fill me again, lunchtime. Fill me again at night. Do you do that? Do you do that? You've got to. Otherwise, you'll lose perspective. You'll lose your whole, whole perspective of life. There's no way the church can go forth and witness to the unconverted world without the power of God. There's no way that Christians can go forth into the spiritual battle without the power of the Holy Spirit. The good news is that there is a spirit-filled church arising all over the planet, especially through C3 and all the great churches that aspire to the Holy Spirit. We thank, and they are invading their places where they, where they live and their places of work and they are, they are, they are living an extraordinary life. I'm telling you, if you get this on the inside of you, Man, you can be an agent of change where you are, where you live. God is calling us to live in the arena of the miraculous and believe for His intervention, for His will to be done. I love this stuff. In fact, we need to experience the power of God in our everyday life and we can tap into it. You've got to tap into it. You certainly do. Luke 11, verse 11 says it like this, which of your fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, then know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give the... This is about the Holy Spirit. How much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? We've got to ask for the Holy Spirit continually. We've got to have this power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, by the way, is the one that's still on the planet 
when Jesse Duplantis went to heaven, he said, well, well, I see Paul and I see, where's the Holy Spirit? And they chuckled at him and they said, you're kidding. The Holy Spirit's on the earth. And it's the Holy Spirit who's in charge of the supernatural realm. You do well if you want to live in the supernatural and live in the extraordinary lifestyle that we're talking about. You do well to acquaint yourself with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, lead me, guide me. Holy Spirit, fill me, empower me. Holy Spirit, help me, help me. Encourage me, encourage me. Counsel me, counsel me. Holy Spirit, you there? Yes, good, let's go. It's all about the Holy Spirit. The paraclete, the one that comes alongside you. When you're walking in to the town, high noon, showdown with devils and demons and sickness and darkness, you want, you want Doc Holy Spirit and you want the other guys. <laughs> Who are they? <laughs> Wide up, he's trusty. trusty. Oh, I love that new version, by the way, with Kevin Costner. Was it Kevin Costner? Oh, he nailed that. I've never seen that. I only saw it a couple of weeks ago. Wyatt Earp doing Kevin. He actually pulled that off. He didn't pull Robin Hood off, but man in tights. No, didn't work, Robin. It didn't work, Kevin. <laughs> Our boy did it good, but <laughs> You want the Holy Spirit when you go to work, when you go into that hospital, when we go and visit Julie's sister in hospital, who's had a major heart operation, had her chest open and a major heart operation and I don't like hospitals to be honest and uh, I'm telling you what I'm praying all the way there Saint, to St. George Hospital I'm praying Holy Spirit I mean we went down and saw a, uh, a young lad 18 who thought he had a appendicitis but opened him up at a tumour and it was our neighbour good, good young guy surfing apprenticeship 18 years old son of a prominent family in Wyong and we went missing for a week we found out he was in, uh, he came out and, and I saw him, he was limping. What's the matter? He said, oh, I thought I had appendicitis, but they opened me up and I've got a tumour. And uh, they're going to operate on me. And then a week later, then, now he's down in the major hospital in Sydney. And so we felt by the Spirit to go down and witness to him and get him saved at least, because these guys didn't go to church or anything. And as we're driving down the F3, we're praying, Holy Spirit, help us. I mean, this is about 25 years ago and uh, we weren't ministers then. But we thought, we need the Holy Spirit, help us. And we're driving down the F3, just Julie and I, meet straight after night shift, and, uh, and I'm saying, Holy Spirit, help us, help us. And all of a sudden, this white light came around the car, like, just, just momentarily like that. I said, Jules, did you see that? And that is a sign of a consensus of opinion, of a sign of the Holy Spirit. The same, the same white light that came around my sister, who lived with us for a couple of weeks, and she's not a Christian, but we joined hands in this connect group. And we, we said, sis, come and join us. Stop washing up. And she was always washing and cleaning and stuff and busy. And, and, uh, and I said, Dad, come and join us. Just hold hands and let's just pray for a minute. And she's joined hands with us in my lounge room. And we're praying, Father, Lord God, thank you for your son, Jesus, Holy Spirit, come. And she I fell. I had my eyes closed. I felt her hand leave my hand. And I thought, she's got up to do more washing because she just had this compulsive thing of everything being clean. I said, she's just gone to do the dishes again or something. And now I realized she'd fallen flat on her back from a sitting position. She'd fallen flat on her back and she was just laying there. And then the other guys were looking at me, looking at me as the brother. What's wrong with your sister? And, uh, and so we came out of it and said, you all right, sis? You everything all right? You haven't fainted? No, no, man. This, didn't you see it? White light. I couldn't hold on for the life of me. I was holding on for all my life. 
was holding on to you, brother, and I was holding on to this person. I just had to let go. The white light of the Holy Spirit. Talking about the supernatural realm, the extraordinary life. You ever, you experience such things? You experience angels? You experience God speaking to you in dreams? And you experience reading your Bible and God speaking to you and knowing certain terms of what you've got to do and what you've got to do in life? And gee, this is the life we're supposed to live. But it only comes by the Holy Spirit because He's in charge of the supernatural realm on planet Earth. If you just try and live it religiously and try and live by basic faith in God and Jesus, I mean, that's great. Praise God for you. But we want you to be a Holy Ghost explorer. We want you to be an adventurer. Wow, what's, going, what's today going to bring? Wow, I'm going to work, but that doesn't matter. Something might happen on the way or in the, in the lunchroom or, or whatever. You've got to live your life like this. Jack Haven says, a lot of the old Pentecostal church used to say, when you're baptized in the Holy Ghost... The evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit should be speaking in tongues. He says we did people a disservice by insisting on that. He says, no, the number one key, one of the key, he says, fundamental um, reasons that God wants to baptize you in the Holy Ghost and evidences of being filled with the Holy Ghost is, guess what? Love. Love, the ability to love people, the ability to love God, but to love other people. Because people grow up becoming very, you know, just sort of measuring up who they will love. Deciding if they will like, because we work out types of people in life and no, I don't like that type of person. You remind me of that person, so you're not, no, I'm not going near you. Yes, you remind me of him. Yeah, I'm not going near him. I'm not going near her. Yes, okay. yeah, you look safe. I've never tried one of you before. Let's try one of you before. Oh, yes, just as I thought. And they let you down, right? You're, and so, but with God, you can just love everyone. You just go, yeah, this person, I know this person, but I'm just going to love them. I, I, in my natural self, I want to stay the distance. I want to be careful, but... I just can't help it. I've got to love them. I've got to bless them. You be like that? That's God's love. Okay, we're moving on quickly. Power of God. One of the things, and one of the major things uh, in, the, in, the, in the thing of the Holy Spirit, number one, Jack Havid says, love is the first and foremost that we should expect. Two, power. Three, then you can expect the nine gifts of the Spirit. And let's quickly, 1 Corinthians 12, 8. This is some of the stuff that you can have as your inheritance. To the one there is given through the Spirit, the message of wisdom. To the other, the message of knowledge, by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. These are different giftings you can have. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. Who can do that? Who's, who's prone to that? Yeah? Yeah? To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. Anyone like that here? And there's still another interpretation of tongues. Anyone like that? They're nine gifts of the Spirit that should be functioning in the Spirit-filled believer. Hello? These are the fruits of the Spirit. These are the fruits when you've got the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love. There it is. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. These guys are reasonable expectations for your life. 
Please subscribe to them, believe for them, and take them. They're yours. Amen. Do you want them? Just put up your hands out like that. I receive them right now. Thank you, Jesus. I receive the gifts of the Spirit. I receive the fruit of the Spirit. John Bevere says, remember this, your life is unique, special, and by no means an accident. No one is common. No one is menial. We were created for the extraordinary. Each one of us has a unique path that God has prepared for our lives. C.S. Lewis, you've got to pardon some of the expressionism here, but he says it like this. And by the way, the band that we heard, they, they, they study C.S. Lewis. Some of that, there's actually theology in that song. If you looked into it, there is theology. Great young guys, awesome. Switchfoot, I love that band. And they do love C.S. Lewis. And C.S. Lewis says it like this. If conversion to Christianity makes no improvement of a man's outward actions, if he continues to be just as snobbish or spiteful or envious or ambitious as he was before, then I think we must suspect that his conversion was largely imaginary. A tree is known by its fruit, or as we say, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. When we Christians behave badly or fail to behave well, we are making Christianity unbelievable to the outside world. Wartime posters tell us that careless talk costs lives. It is equally true that careless lives cost talk, meaning that your lives, a life lived, um, you know, as not a good uh, report or testimony, and people know you're a Christian, but then when you go to try and witness to them, your talk is useless. Amen? And did this because he, ah, back it up, Talk costs lives, lives cost talk. Our careless lives set the outer world talking and we give them grounds for talking in a way that throws doubt on the truth of Christianity itself. Father, we don't want that. <laughs> we, 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 we don't. We want our lives to represent Christ. Let's all stand. God bless you.